welcome to TA1. Everything you want to know about adventure racing some. No, adventure racing and then some. Boy, I think I'd uh, know how to start this after uh, 209 episodes or however far into this thing we are. Anyway, I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, flying solo for a while tonight. Got the birds are in the other room because I just came home and they're not interested in me yet. Chili dogs with Paulette. So um, we get this done, get this up. You're going to enjoy it. This is this is one of the most uh, interesting uh, episodes, people, situations, conversations in a long time so um, yeah it was fun and I think um, part one of at least another one because uh, pretty cool stories I think to be told yet anyway um, what's going on it's almost coming up on uh, Labor Day here in the US long weekend I'll be going up to the Dakota 5.0 to shoot some big frame pictures. I haven't been to the 5.0 for ages. It seems like I'm never here on this weekend. So, uh, Primal Quest starting in a week. And uh, more importantly for me, Shenandoah Tough uh, in two weeks. Looking forward to uh, being there and hanging out with Mark and Margot and the rest of the how those mad put the usual cast of idiots that show up there so oh yeah and we're going to have a big announcement sometime <laughs> that's all I'm going to tell you anyway uh, that's it let's get this done because when the dog gets home we're going for a hike imagine that so go fast take chances and thanks for listening bye Hello? hey is that um, Miss A? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> this is Randy. How are you doing, Randy? <clears throat> I am doing quite well. Um, yeah, just uh, doing some video, sending some photos, and now I get to talk to you. It's a good night. You're a hard worker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I just finished cooking the dog. Finished cooking the dog's supper. And <laughs> And put a couple of T-bones in the oven for her. <laughs> that is a lucky dog. <laughs> well, I think I think people know this, but since uh, last time she got sick, we realized that she needs real food. So we literally buy a half a beef for me and the dog, and that's what she gets for supper. <laughs> so, that is excellent. It is, and it keeps her healthy. So that's all that matters, right? Does she get like a sweet potato rice blend or something like that? Like, do you make like a whole a whole? Yes, in, so meal. In the morning, she gets um, either burger or steak and tater tots and <laughs> corn. And at night, she either gets whatever she didn't get in the morning plus sweet potato, tater tots, and an egg. <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what? She is, uh, you know, like when she gets sick, it was like whatever. When I'm sick, it's like, well, it's kind of expensive to get you some medicine, but maybe. I guess it's okay. <laughs> so, um, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to play the name game. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll we'll save that for races. So, um, introduce yourself. Um, I am Arlette O'Rourke. I uh, live in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, I am very new to adventure racing. Yes, extremely new, and we'll get into that. Frighteningly um, new. Yeah. Um, well, okay, let's get into it now. How new are you? I, uh, let's see, I did my first race, it's been less than three months, so um, it was the Uwari 18-hour uh, race was my very first race, and uh, basically my, my motivation 
to jump into adventure racing is kind of a a long-winded story, but um, that's if what, you would that's like, what I can we hear love. You. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can Here, here's the thing. People would rather listen to you than me. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, basically, uh, sometime last year, probably around November, I, uh, I saw an advertisement somewhere on the Internet for the – Patagonia uh, Ultramarathon mm-hmm. and uh, so I decided to train for the Charleston Marathon and I figured if I could run the Charleston Marathon then I was strong enough to train for the next nine months for the, the Patagonia Ultramarathon and so I trained for three weeks and ran the Charleston Marathon and I didn't do great, but I did okay. Yeah. And uh, and then I have a catering company, and so we got super busy through the spring, and I just kind of was like, okay, I ran the marathon. You know, I have time if I decide to, you know, revisit this, this idea. And uh, I had joined Teammate Finder on Facebook because I had signed up for a uh, short adventure race here in South Carolina, but we got crazy busy and I didn't end up going to it and, you know, whatever. So an ad popped up on Teammate Finder for the Patagonia Expedition Race, and I had no idea what that was, mm-hmm. but because it said Patagonia, I was... Uh, I decided to call call this guy up, and um, you know, after a long conversation, I just told him, you know, I would I would start training for this, and uh, that I needed to research it first, see what it was, and then I ended up sending an email. I was like, look, obviously, I'm not the person for this, but I would love to be at least considered as an alternate, and I'm going to start training today. And where you know wherever this goes, I'm just gonna keep moving forward. Yeah. So. so that's that's kind of how it happened. And so that basically that same week, I signed up for a, a 50k, and then a 50 miler, and uh, somewhere around the two and a half week mark was when I did my first uh, adventure race, and that was that 18 hour race. In North Carolina, the Uari, eighteen hours. So. <laughs> so, okay, well, keep going. But I got a question: Did you have sure. any any running background before the 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 marathon? So I had run a half marathon two years before that. <laughs> so. Yes, no, okay. <laughs> not really. Kind of. I mean, not, I I am a human. I can run, but um, no, I hadn't. I hadn't been training. I, you know, my business is four years old, and so I have been working nonstop, basically. Mm-hmm. And I have a toddler, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for us to work fourteen or sixteen hours in the kitchen. Yeah. And I kind of can see the you know the resemblance like you're you're on your feet and uh, you're sweating so (laughs) there's something in there prepared me at least a little bit yeah i'm sure of it um i you know it kind it sounds kind of dumb but i really think that 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 being on your feet is one of the best training you can do for adventure racing because that's kind of what it is is on your feet forever yeah, on your feet and thinking, yeah. you know, and and uh, catering. There's a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get things from point A to point B. So, yeah. it maybe has more in common than I even realize. You know, it's um, yeah. but we, it's crazy. In the summers, we we literally work ninety hours a week. So, uh, yeah, but that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> okay, so you sign up for a fifty k and a fifty mile. How'd those go? So they went really well, actually. So the uh, the 50K was the May Madness. That was also in North Carolina. 
And uh, funny enough, I had come in fourth for the women, which I found uh, to be very exciting. <laughs> and I was like, wow, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can make this, you know, a hobby. Yeah. This whole thing, you know, because it all kind of seems to go together. And uh, the 50 miler actually did even better. It was the, the Bethel Midnight Boogie. It was crazy hot, and uh, and I came in third for the women. Huh. So it was, so you know. There's some um, natural ability there. Well, I'm tall. <laughs> That's all I'm used to the heat, I guess. Well, that's nothing wrong with that, but um, well, you know, and and I I would suspect you suffered a little bit through those, and oh yeah. <laughs> But I, I mean, when you um, when you when you got to those points in those races where you you know, let, let's you got pretty you must have got pretty miserable. What what um, got you through that, or how did you get through that? Like, ugh, park. So, so honestly, uh, I mean, in dead honesty, I have been so. A hundred. It's funny because every race I go to, everybody's like, they think that's the race, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. I'm like, Patagonia is the race. Yeah. So all of everything that I've been doing is is training. Okay. So I'm like so dead set on that goal, and uh, and it has definitely carried me a long way. Oh. For sure. Yeah. So okay. So now you've got. A marathon, a 50K, 50-mile. 50 so how does Untamed New England? Hold on, hold on. we got to talk about Iwari first. Okay. <laughs> so so I go to the – so it's uh, it's like a Friday afternoon, and I was supposed to work a job Saturday, and uh, one of my chefs picks up the job for me. So I'm frantically trying to find a race because all races are on Saturdays, and uh, and we normally work Saturdays, or at least back three months ago, I was always working on Saturdays. And uh, so when I figured out I had a Saturday free, I searched the internet like crazy, and I found the 18-hour race. And uh, so I called the race director, and I was like, "Look, I don't I don't know anything about adventure racing. I want to do this solo." And he was like. Are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I've got this. I've got this. I can do it. So I um I threw a kayak, <laughs> I threw a kayak on the roof of my car, and I drove up to North Carolina. And uh, you know, I signed up that morning, and they handed me these maps. And I was that was when I started to realize that I had no clue what I was doing. And uh, I have no experience with topo maps, but I I'm a um, a licensed captain, <laughs> so I assumed that uh, I would be able to transfer my knowledge of nautical charts to the topo maps. And uh, when I when I got my first glance, I was like, wow, this is this is much different. <laughs> There's not a lot of hills in the ocean. There's not, but I mean, now now that I've seen it a few times, I it makes more sense to me. But that very that very first day, I was, uh, you know, we had to transfer our checkpoints, and mm-hmm. there was just so many things going on, and I I had no clue. But I, um, you know, as a as a solo person, I was you know dragging my kayak down this huge hill and I cut my foot on a huge piece of glass and I made it to about 4 o'clock in the morning and uh, I hadn't brought enough batteries for my headlamp and I, I was basically in the dark I kept getting lost I had probably gotten about I had gotten all the kayaking checkpoints and uh, maybe about a quarter of the, the trekking and then I was you know on to the bike section and I think I got three, and that was that was the end of it. But I did not come in last, so I was I was actually quite pleased with the outcome of the race. Yes. So 
that was that was the the very first race and and basically what I learned from that first race was uh you these are not the types of races that you want to do by yourself. Yeah. Not, so, at least not to start or not 18 hours, maybe an 8 hour or a 4 hour, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so the the reason that I want that I was searching so frantically for this 18 hour race on this Friday afternoon was because uh even before that, maybe the week before or two weeks before, I'm not sure at what point, but somewhere in the beginning, one of the first races I found was the main 24-hour uh, summer adventure race. Mm-hmm. And that was the first race that I actually signed up for. And as the date was approaching, I started to get really nervous about it. And so... I was lucky to find the 18-hour race. I believe it was the weekend before. And uh, like I said, that kind of gave me some insight as to, you know, working as a team is a, is a much smarter approach. Mm-hmm. And I was able to uh, contact the race directors at the main adventure race and uh, ask them if there's anybody who would be willing to join a uh, a new person, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get a partner for the the twenty four hour race. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think that was a wise choice. <laughs> yeah. So that was um, that was a. Uh, I don't know. Every every race I do, it 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 seems they they just seem to get more and more extreme. So the eighteen hour race was the craziest thing I had ever seen. And then the main summer adventure race was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And uh, my third race was the Untamed New England. (laughs) And, 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 you know, there's a whole bunch of people laughing right now about that. (laughs) Exactly. Did did you have any clue what the race would be like? I mean, you'd done – okay, so you'd done two races. And, and, you know, I I know Cliff – Cliff and, and Kate put out a great race in Maine, but it's, yes. It's, I, so maybe gave you a little taste, but do you have any clue? Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's it all goes back to that. Uh, I'm heading for that one goal, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like I will do whatever. Yeah. So, uh, it's. It's just it's a lot of fun to uh, to be thrown into these situations, and I have no clue what is happening yeah. or how I'm going to deal with it. And uh, and I, I you know a lot of people would say maybe you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't jump in quite so headlong, but honestly, I think that you know humans humans will adapt to anything. And uh, if you are positive and you want to work super hard, you can probably accomplish at, at least at least get your yourself. You know, obviously you're not going to win the race, but you can you can learn a lot very quickly just by going and uh, seeing what you're made of. Jumping, quickly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. jumping jump in the in. deep end. Yeah, exactly. So, Thank you. Yeah, well. Uh, We'll get back to what you're going to get into in Patagonia, but so um, okay. exactly. <laughs> this, uh, I think we're I think we're up to your your third race now, your Untamed New England. So you started. Uh, you tell the story. You, you tell good stories. So um, Untamed was I want to say it was three weeks after the the summer the main summer race and uh so i've once again on teammate finder found um a team that was looking for they were looking for anybody essentially Mm -hmm. and i called them up right away and was you know because i knew the race was coming up and it was pretty much my only chance to do a, a real expedition race you know in the in the near future yeah and so uh I signed up with these two guys, and um, actually it was it was a team of three at the time. And there was a you know a guy who was 
had been in the, the military. He was the navigator. We had our team captain and um, another guy who had done uh, the, uh, what is that race in Canada? The, the uh, stage, it was like a three-day oh, stage race in um, Canada. Ga- Gaspasi? The Gaspasi, the Gaspasi, yeah. yeah. So I figured it was a experienced team mm-hmm. and um, they, you know, they were willing to take on somebody new as long as I was fit, which, you know, at this point I felt like I was fit enough to handle this. Yeah. And uh, so I guess in the the first few days I got a message saying that um, our navigator had dropped because of uh, family obligations and he was a younger guy and he had kids and uh, and I was like, no big deal, you know, I don't care, that's fine. And uh, then probably about a week before the race, our team captain was hospitalized for some kind of uh, tick-borne, it wasn't Lyme disease, but he had some kind of tick-borne disease and had been hospitalized. And it was just going to be me and uh, the, the one other guy, the Canadian guy. And uh, so I was like, whatever, we're going to go do this, make this happen. He was super positive, you know, yeah. great conversation on the phone. So we, you know, we go through our equipment list. We've got everything we need. And uh, we agreed to meet meet up at the race and uh, go from there. So that Perfect. was. Yeah, all perfectly know. normal so far. Yeah, exactly, right? And so, um, you know, I don't know how to how to really go from here because well, it was kind of like, I don't want to get into um, all of the reasons that this was not a match made in heaven. Yeah, Which, <laughs> because there was, yeah. yeah. yeah there's, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, of clues in the beginning that uh, maybe he wasn't as prepared as he had let on. Yeah. But, you know, not knowing this person and and pretty much I'm willing to do whatever. So we all, uh, we do orientation and, you know, I'll leave out whatever. And uh, we get on the buses and and head up to, um, where was that? Snow... Um. (laughs) Yeah, uh, snow, uh, snowy, snowy river, snowy river, snowy river, yeah. <laughs> snow something. And uh, you know, we go through orientation, which, uh, by the way, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like the, the whole video, and yeah. uh, you know, everybody was there, and I just felt so amazing to be there, and so fortunate. And uh, we we get our maps and we go to the to the lodge, and everybody is seriously working out their maps. And at this point, with my uh, okay, and I also left out that I had gone and done a row game. So I had a row game and the the two other races. Yeah. And fortunately, at this row game, I had learned quite a bit and was starting to be able to piece my um, my sea navigational skills together with my land navigational skills and kind of make sense of everything. Mm-hmm. But that being said, obviously, uh, three races is three races. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, at this point, now I'm the navigator for our team, and uh, we're going through the maps, and my teammate, uh, he suggests that we go to bed and we look at the maps in the morning. <laughs> and um, so for everyone who was there, yeah. you guys know that uh, the captain's meeting was at 5 a.m. and then breakfast was until 6 and the start was at 7. And obviously there was not going to be any time to be looking at maps uh, yeah. at whatever time. So, uh, you know, we sat there and I looked at the maps and he went to bed and then I went to bed and, uh, you know, the next morning alarms go off and I, you know, I jump out of bed and I'm super excited about this race. And, uh, my teammate is 
you know, groggily getting his stuff together, kind of complaining. And I'm like, all right, come on, let's, let's go do this. So we go to the start line and you're there, Randy, getting everybody's pictures and like everybody's like clean still and everybody's slept and is happy. And, uh, the race starts, and we, we start making our way, you know, right up the first hill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just kind of drift further and further to the back of the pack. And uh, my my unfortunate teammate was just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if he was just unmotivated or if he was really that out of shape, but, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time getting up that first hill, and uh, and I was trying to keep him keep him moving and keep him positive. But it was uh, it was a very long, very first hill, and I was thinking to myself, you know, we've got days days of this. So, luckily, at uh, at the top of the of the first mountain, we kind of got into a group. With some with some other groups, some other teams, yeah. and we were all kind of making our way around the checkpoints. And uh, my teammate had more or less decided that he did not want to go from checkpoint five over the mountains, and that he wanted to uh, short course. Yeah, do the 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 uh, work around. I remember what Grant called it, but yeah. So the, there was a. Um, a plan for teams that were like, no, let's let's we want to have more fun later. To yeah, skip a couple, but so that's what he wanted to do. Which is which is fine yeah. because I mean it was it was pretty you know it was pretty thick looking on the yeah. maps for sure. Yeah. It was very green and uh, and you know like I said, it's my third race. So, but I was. I was 100% positive <laughs> that, that we could make it along that ridge line and, uh, and get over to six. And that was probably not um, factual. But I, I had it in my head. And so when we got to the, to the bottom of the hill, uh, we were sitting there and I'm staring at these maps and I'm just trying to convince him that we should at least make a go for it. And... Uh, Sherry walks up <laughs> and Sherry says, you guys want to come with us? We're going to six. And I was like, come on, let's, let's go. We're going with them. And, uh, so obviously I didn't know it at the time, but that was the greatest thing that could have happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I throw on my pack and, you know, they were gone. They, they were basically walking past us and they, you know, we were sitting there. And uh, and they were booking up the hill, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, "Come on, let's go, let's go." So I'm I'm jogging after them, and he's getting his stuff together, and you know he finally makes it up the hill, and then uh, they decided at the top of the hill that we were going to head, you know, a, a different route, but we were, you know, we were still going, but we were going to take this, uh, we were going to go back down the mountain, essentially. There was a fire road and a creek bed and other things that we could use to navigate, and uh, and that was the route we were going to take. And so we all go, you know, there was three teams, and uh, we're tromping into the woods as like a, a big long line. I think there was nine of us total, and uh, we get into the, we were probably in the woods for an hour or two when uh, my teammate lets me know that. He has no food and no water in his pack. <laughs> so apparently, um, because at the beginning of the race, we were allowed to have uh, less mandatory items, and yeah. so he had a smaller pack on. And when he switched packs, he did not have it uh, ready to go. Okay. And yeah. so when we came came up the hill after them he just uh he just didn't get anything and so i didn't want to like let the other teams know that this was 
that we were that retarded, especially <laughs> now. But I mean, seriously, we're in the middle of the mountains, in the middle of the woods, in this race, and this guy has no food and no water. And uh, so I was quiet, quietly giving him my food and my water throughout the day. And the it turned into you know quite a long trek the way that we went. And uh, <laughs> I was like. It was it was a it was a long day. Like uh, the whole story of the day could take up the whole podcast. So <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to go that deep into it. But I'll just say that uh, by the by the time we got to to CP8, uh, we were down two with one of the teams. We had two people that were definitely not going to continue on, and uh, the torrential downpour that uh, pretty much stayed with us all through the night. Yeah, It took us, um, I think it took us 20 hours or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> I think it took us 20 hours to get to the transition area. So, it was yeah. it was rough. A rough start to a glorious, <laughs> a glorious week, so. essentially. Yeah. So, so, um, so basically, at the, at the at the TA, you joined another team. Well, it wasn't that TA actually. No. So so we lost uh, two two on one of the teams, and uh, the other two people on that team continued on. Okay. And then uh, the team that I was on, so me and this other gentleman, and then uh, team forty fifty, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of joined together as as one group yeah. um, on the bikes. So we headed out, and um, it was a, a beautiful day to ride a bike, and uh, it was it was really not that bad. But by the end of the day, when we got to transition area three, that was when we lost my teammate. <laughs> he um, he threw in the towel at that point. He he had blisters. His feet were hurting. And um, and he said he could not continue on. Yeah. So when when that happened, uh, I was just fortunate enough that uh, Alberto and Sherry and Keith were were there, and they just said, "Well, welcome to the team." And uh, luckily. Uh, the race allowed me to continue with them because, and uh, thank you very much, Grant, by the way, because that would have been very disappointing because um, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure what the exact rules were. Um, and when he told me he was going to quit, I was, you know, I didn't know if that was going to be the end of it or not. And uh, luckily... Grant or whoever the powers that be were at that moment decided that that I could continue on with forty fifty. Yeah. So. And that was. Um, you didn't probably well maybe you got a sense of that by then, but you probably have since realized that you joined up with maybe the best team in the race for your situation. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was the luckiest and I mean honestly it it goes so much deeper than that because uh you know what during that that rough day uh from 5 to 8 uh we all kind of realized like how well we were we were getting along mm-hmm. and uh you know we were navigating together and we were helping each other and uh as a as a group, it was almost like we were a natural team. It was just, um, it was just crazy that my my teammate quit. But yes, I could not have come across. I mean, not just people that uh, took me on for what I was <laughs> in the middle of this amazing race, but also. You know, there it was. It was deeper than that. You know, like Sherry and I, and, and Alberto and I, and Keith and I, like each the relationship that I feel like I developed with each one of them during the race was it was unlike 
you know, anything I had experienced pretty much ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am not quick to, uh, to make friends. I'm not saying I'm unfriendly, but, um, you know, it's just not often that you meet like-minded people and, uh, and I know it's an adventure race, so, you know, everybody's a little nuts, but, you know, it was, it was special for sure. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> it was awesome. Those three people are, well, the second year that I went to Untamed, I just sent an email out and said, hey, I need to borrow a, a car. Is there somebody I can borrow a car there so I didn't have to rent one? And, and Keith's <laughs> like, yeah, here, mine's just going to be sitting there. So he gives me this car to use. Well, like a day and a half in, he gets really sick and he has to drop out of the race. So I'm like, "Oh, you want your car back?" He's like, "No, no, I'll just, I'll just hang out with the volunteers. You know, you got to do what you got to do." So, yeah, you know, and and I spent two weeks in Australia with with uh, Sherry with forty fifty, and that you know, they're just they're just. Even in the world of adventure racers, they, they are exceptionally wonderful people. Yeah, yeah I, I just, yeah. I can't even express yeah. Yeah. my yeah. gratitude yeah. for them. <laughs> so, um, so you actually got to do, you actually got to do the race in, in a, with a real team. What did you, what did you learn from them about, Racing, adventure uh, racing. Well, you know, I I don't want to, um, you know, I feel like I am so new to this. <laughs> I am so new to this that um, I almost feel like a fraud being on your show because it's <laughs> like, you know, who the hell am I, right? And uh, I think that uh, that each one of them. You know, Alberto is super deep about his feelings for adventure racing. Yeah. And I think that uh, the the things that I can learn from, from him in the future and that I even experience during the race, it's almost like uh, uh, on a spiritual level. Like, And I know it sounds like bullshit, but I swear to you, like, you know, he's very in touch with, um, you know, what it does to a person on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Sherry, Sherry is gear and uh, technical stuff, navigation. Me and Sherry had a ton of fun navigating together. We're going to be uh, at the longest day on the 1st of September uh, together as a team. And, uh, and I really can't wait because, yeah. you know, that's... That's a huge part of adventure racing, right? Yep, exactly. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's, if you can, and I feel like in the future, you know, I think that that might end up being one of my, my strong points if I just keep, keep studying and, uh, trying to nail down the navigation because I think it's just so incredibly interesting, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then Keith, Keith and I were paired up in the tandem kayaks. And I will tell you that uh, as a license, I have a 100-ton uh, captain's license with a sailing and towing endorsement. And I have sailed to Mexico. I've sailed to the Bahamas. I've worked on commercial boats. You know, I consider myself, a, you know, a, a person of the sea, if you will. And uh, I have done a ton of kayaking, but I have not done any kayak racing or you know it's more like kayak from the boat to shore kayak around the harbor and um and i felt bad for keith because keith was really trying to work with me (laughs) and i had this ridiculous plastic ghetto walmart paddle that i bought that i didn't even buy it it came with a kayak that cost less than two hundred dollars and, yeah. and Keith is behind me and he's like he's just trying to like teach me how to paddle correctly and um I that would say that he was so patient with me and and I think you know I was 
I was getting the hang of it by the end of the race, but, uh, you know, just teaching me about cadence and, uh, and about stroke, I mean, it's just something I had no clue about. So they all, and, and that just, I mean, that doesn't begin to, you know, explain all the, all the little aspects that, you know, all the things that I learned from them. It was just, yeah, I think that, uh, your your learning curve got real real steep there. <laughs> it got real. That's for sure. <laughs> it got real real. So but, but yeah. Yeah. Um but okay, were you able to um to help with with the paddle down the rivers and stuff? Did, did you oh back? yeah, I mean yeah, like I can kayak. I just yeah. am not not like I mean these guys kayak like uh, machines, <laughs> you know. But yeah, and especially um, when the water got a little bit rougher in the end there with the current and everything, that's kind of more my element. Yeah. And so I'm totally at home and comfortable in a swirling gnarly current out by the mouth of a river, you know. But um, it was just the the whole speed factor, and I don't think. Walmart paddle was helping me out. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but I, I mean, so you know, it wasn't like it wasn't a total. You know, he wasn't he wasn't carrying me completely, but I'm sure that it was taxing his patience. <laughs> so, well, the good news is, is I've talked to a lot of adventure racers that came from a kayaking, whatever, ocean background, water background. Um, and for some reason, that I think that tends to make good adventure racers when you have that background. I don't know why, but so you're in good company there, right? <laughs> so physically, how did you feel after after doing the race? Because I mean, that's like you jumped into you know three three and a half days. Well, um, you know, I was definitely exhausted. Yeah. Um, we got some good sleep in a few different places, but uh, that last the last night that we were we slept out, we were at that stadium, and uh, we had to do the the relay. So yeah. everybody you know took their turn, and uh, we're, we were able to get some good sleep. The next morning, we had a fabulous breakfast at the wherever it was uh, general store. And, um, you know, at the end of the race, I was, I, I don't know, I was so overwhelmed with, uh, with, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it was straight up joy. Um, you know, I felt, I felt tired, but, you know, I felt, I felt pretty, pretty good. So the, the <laughs> next day, I actually, uh, we went back. We all of us went to Sherry's and um, and you know had dinner, and then uh, I drove back home the the next day. And I think that's when I really started to feel it when I was into that that second day of driving back to South Carolina. <laughs> My knee was was frozen at the on the gas pedal there. So, yeah. but I mean, it was you know it was it was definitely taxing. So blisters, bug bites. I think the bug bites may have been one of the, the scratches and the bug bites and the, the actual lacerations from vegetation. <laughs> that was probably the worst part. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Well, you must have not been too wasted because what was it? Two weeks later or three weeks later you went out to run the Bigfoot. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, – I think it was two weeks later. It was two weeks ago now. It's it's been like ten days or something. So yeah, and that was a whole other animal in itself. <laughs> Filthy animal. <laughs> it was a very exhausting race. Yeah. So which? But I, not, I, not the two hundred. Just so everybody knows, I did not yeah. run the two hundred or the hundred k. Well, you know, two weeks after Untamed, whatever. Um, you'll you'll get to the two hundred um, next when, year. Well, you know, Paulette ran the first Tahoe two hundred, and for an adventure racer, two hundred mile run isn't a big deal. Um, you know, right. Well, it's kind of like 
you know how to sleep, you know how to do that, you know how to eat, you know, you don't have to navigate, really. I mean, you do a little bit, but, you know, you know you'll, you'll love that when you get to it, but you got some adventure racing to do to do next. So, <laughs> um, so was that, you know, doing that, that part of your, your master plan for Patagonia? Yeah, I've just been, um, I've been piling on as much as I can handle. I will say uh, that that race definitely, like, uh, you know, I'm still recovering from that right now. But like I said, it hasn't been quite two weeks. Um, and then uh, I was seriously considering going to uh, North Carolina for the Pisgah 26.2, which is a 26-hour adventure race this weekend. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I cannot find a babysitter. (laughs) So I will be driving up to Maine this week and uh, meeting Sherry on the 1st in New York for the longest longest day. And then um, I've got the Uwari 100, which is, I want to say, October 20th or somewhere mid-October. And uh, then I'm doing uh, another 100-miler at the very beginning of, um, of November. And then the uh, Patagonia race is mid-November. So, yeah. like, uh, I think it's the 12th that starts or something like that. But in the meantime, I was so fortunate. So this, this team that I have essentially joined mm-hmm. – um, they just completed a few of them went to Alaska man but before that they were all at uh, Ram so the uh, the race across America mm-hmm. and because of the you know the amount of time you know putting together the the Ram race and just the logistics of dealing with the races they've been doing um, they were having a hard time trying to figure out how we were going to get it together in time for Patagonia. Yeah. And so um, basically the the team captain, and I just found this out last week, uh, he has hired Rob Harsh okay. to, uh, to help train us because we have to have uh, you know certain certifications in and paperwork in uh, to like the the team is already approved for Patagonia, yep. but yep. you still have to have like certain paperwork in by the end of September. And so it looks like, and this is not set in stone by any means. I have not bought a plane ticket, but it looks like when I get back from um, longest day, I actually have a. a a trail marathon on the 8th, and then it looks like we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be flying out to Colorado to start training with Rob mid, uh, mid-September. Okay. So. Yeah, because you got to get some certifications and, and, yeah. Yeah, there's like ropes and, um, and then sea kayaking and, you know, just, uh, yeah. you know, even just the gear because, I mean, it's, it's Patagonia. Yeah, so. Exactly. Well, um, <laughs> just you know, I, all that I kind of information. That. Yeah, Paulette, Paulette did the race twice, so I understand the the allure of Patagonia. So, in fact, yeah, just in fact, while well, everybody else knows this, you you're probably the only person <laughs> listening that doesn't. But Chile, that's where she came from, is when Paulette was down there racing. So Chile was a street dog in Puerto Arenas. That Paulette brought oh. home. So, so be aware of street dogs in Patagonia because you'll be bringing one home. <laughs> well, you know, I have a very old dog, and I found myself at the SPCA like ten days ago, or maybe whatever it was. I take, took my son up there, and we just started looking, even though I do not need a dog. So, if a dog needs me in Patagonia, I will take him home. You know, and that's ex- well, okay. I shouldn't say this, but I will. If it happens, let us know because we know all the people there that can make it happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Believe me, uh, you'll be the first person I call. <laughs> but, but, um, um, 
okay, but this adventure racing is all well and good and interesting, and it's a hell of a story, and it's been very fun, but I want to know how you became a captain. <laughs> uh, that is a whole other thing. So, okay, real, real condensed, yeah. real quick. So when I was a teenager, I was a... Uh, I was like a vagrant street kid, train riding, hitchhiking lunatic. And um, I had become obsessed with uh, sailing to Mexico. <laughs> so that at that time, that was that was my Patagonia back then. Huh. And so, uh, you know, I just, I kind of just tackled it the same way I'm, I'm doing things now. I, you know, I, I had owned a business later when I was like probably like 22. I started saving for a boat. I bought a boat in South Florida during hurricane season. This is in 2005. We had all those hurricanes. Um, Long story short, I worked in marinas, I worked on schooners, I I lived in Key West, I lived in Seattle, I lived in San Diego, you know, and um, I accumulated enough sea time and I, I took my tests and and that's how I got it. Yeah. That's a super, super short version. <laughs> so we're going to... We'll, after you get back from Patagonia and we talk about that, then we'll talk more about about captaining because it, the 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 reason I find it so interesting is because when I was in high school, my parents had a boat business here in the middle of South Dakota, and and I sailed a lot. I mean, I sailed every weekend. And really, I, the weekend after I got out of high school, a friend of a friend, they like, we need a mate. In, in Key West, like tomorrow. And I'm just like, uh, I just didn't want to leave like in 24 hours. So it it, fasc it sort of fascinates me about, about that life. And it's like, hmm, what would have happened if I'd have done that? So it, it, I find <sighs> it interesting. So. But, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when I was, when I was young, it was one of those things. And, um, and even up until very recently, I was pretty much like always working towards buying a, a bit, you know, I wanted to buy a ship, like a 90 foot ship. And, uh, like I said, I had like six sailboats. Right now I've got a little Sea Dory 22, which is a pretty cool little boat, uh, super seaworthy and, you know, you can throw it on a trailer. Huh. But, uh, but, Funny enough, it's kind of what led me to adventure racing because, you know, after, you know, working in my business 90 hours a week and you've got this goal of this, you know, 500000 or or million-dollar boat or whatever because, you know, that's yeah. on the low end, you know, you can only struggle towards that for so long until you're like, if you if – you, I started to think about it like if my if my end goal, if my purpose, when I'm, you know, what am I working towards here? Like I'm working towards adventure, I'm working towards freedom, seeing the world, et cetera, et cetera. And then I just started to realize that I didn't need to go that route to get the things out of it that I was trying to get out of it. Now, don't get me wrong, I freaking love boats too. Yeah, I can tell. But... but you know, this is kind of like, or it's not kind of like, it is, it's a way to to see even more things and enjoy even more things because, you know, money is a resource mm -hmm. and if you spend all your money on a boat, you're going to be chained to that boat. But if you, if you use your resources wisely and, you know, you think about what you're, what you're trying to accomplish, you can probably do it with a lot less so that's kind of where i'm at just yeah. like you know what screw it yeah i i mean i i actually totally understand that because that's kind of where paulette and i are it's like we make enough money and we can go do fun things now so why not you know so exactly yeah 
So cool. Or save up for, for a boat that'll sink in a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it happens all the time. So there's that. So, all right. So this has been a delight, which I figured it would be. So I'm gonna. You might you might have to work tomorrow too. So it's late. You're probably getting late for you. I'm actually. I've got my car packed. I've got my kayak on the roof. I've got my bike, my kid's bike, and I'm throwing my three-year-old in the car tomorrow. We're heading north. We're going to camp for a week before the uh, the longest day race. So I'm super excited about that. <laughs> well, then that's even a better reason to let you get some sleep so you, yeah, right. you, you can look at the maps in the morning. <laughs> exactly. So. Awesome. Well, Randy, I thank you so much. Like it's been such a privilege. So that you know, like I said, I I, I don't want to feel like a fraud because I'm no. I'm so new to this. But I I just you know everything about the sport and the people that I've met so far has been uh, it's been really life changing. So that's to God. I mean, that's that's cause one. Your story's cool, and and I can see that passion at the race so that's that's why we had this chat you are not a fraud <laughs> so. well thank you randy all right all right good night well, we'll talk you have a great night we'll catch up someplace yeah just uh let me know where you're gonna be and uh we'll get together again so, have sounds, a good night all right bye all right, bye <laughs> Circles with a trophy in her mind. Going round in circles with a trophy.